Welcome to Triumph. This is a show about God's healing and mercy for those who have had an abortion experience in their past and are struggling through the stress and anxiety of that experience. I'm Tim Welsh, and I'm Executive Director for Bethesda Healing Ministry, a ministry here in Columbus that's been in, in existence for 30 years, golly, and, and uh, just ministering to those people who, and help them to sort of navigate the stormy waters of grief and, and rejuvenation and uh, healing. Um, this is, you're listening to this on AM820, St. Gabriel Radio, and I'm here as usual with my better half, Joanne. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to try to try to play around with some topics today. And as usual, it's a very conversational uh, environment that we try to create here and try to try to make sure that we're we're just talking about our feelings and talking about mm-hmm. um, maybe imparting a little bit of knowledge. That's, that's kind of an arrogant thought, isn't it, that we would impart knowledge? Yes. Mm. Uh, that seems a little weird. Please listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're going to talk about guilt and shame and, and sort of relay that to um, how it works in the healing process. But, but you know, we, we've just been through um, the holiday season. It's, uh, it's, it's just into January now, and, and uh, you know, that brings with it some New Year's resolutions. It brings with it some weird situations over the course of the holiday because of the COVID outbreak and all that kind of stuff. and. Mm-hmm. It was different, wasn't it? It was. It was, it was very. Um, it was kind of the Christmas that I always wanted, just very low key. Mm. Um, I, I, I think it was perfect. We didn't get to see everyone we wanted to see, but still, I thought it was. We connected with everyone over the holidays. It wasn't as stressful for me. Huh. That's interesting. We haven't talked about this. I, I have the exact opposite opinion. I. I thought it was, I thought it was, and you know, by the way, I, it, at the end, I always think going in, I, I really want to see everybody and, and I do, and I, I miss not seeing everybody really in person and everybody being in the same room at the same time. But, um, I, at the end of the day, you know, you, you do end up being kind of stressed out. I mean, but, but going in, I, I really wanted to see people and, you know, we did the virtual gift opening and all that kind of stuff yeah that was that was wild that was, i was gonna say wild. <laughs> and and the beautiful part about that was that the grandkids got all wound up opening their gifts and then we could go okay we have to go to mass now so yeah we're gonna we're gonna sign off you guys you 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 deal with that for the rest of the day. Yeah, that that was different because you know we we remember the times where we were, when when uh, both our parents were still living and and we were living in Lancaster, uh, of course, that we would open the gifts up with our kids and then we'd, well, the night before we'd spend with your parents at their parent yep. at your parents' house on Christmas Eve and then we would. Then we would, you know, the kids would be bouncing off the walls by the end of that night, and then we'd try to get them to go back to sleep, and they'd, they'd go to sleep for a couple of hours and wake up at four in the morning and uh, want to go downstairs and open their gifts, and then we'd open their gifts at our house, and then we'd go over to my parents' house, and then we'd open gifts over there. It was. I'm getting anxiety just hearing about that. It was a that. mad yeah. house. It was yeah, crazy. It, was, it was. But but it was, in the, at the same time, it was it was part of part of our life and part yep. of growing up yep and, absolutely and, um, 
maturing as parents and all that. Yeah. Right? Hmm. So today we're going to talk about guilt and shame. And, yes. you know, I, I, uh, I've been thinking since we decided, you, you're the one that kind of decided we were going to talk about this. And, and I've been trying to think of examples of, you know, guilt is so much different than shame. And they're, so they're most of the time used interchangeably. Um, right. But you know, they're really different. I mean, I, I'm thinking about some of the things that I've done in my life that, that I feel guilty about, but I don't really feel shame about. Right. You know? Um, can I remember. I, I can interject. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so kind of definition, <clears throat> if you will. Um, guilt is... It tells us that there, we did something wrong, and then we seek reconciliation or right that wrong, correct? And it kind of has an end to it. Yeah. Yeah. But shame tells us that there's something wrong with us. So that's where, you know, it's kind of, it's, it's based on, on a lie, and then you, one, just keeps kind of regurgitating that negative idea. So it kind of fosters um, feelings of worthlessness, fear and anxiety. And it really keeps us from living to our potential, to our God-given potential. Yeah. So that's the difference for me. Guilt does have kind of an end. You can feel guilty about something, but just harboring shame and um, your entire life or for years or whatever is, is a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, it, I, I think about the time you shot out your grandfather's, the window. Why are we talking about my guilt and your, <laughs> and your grandfather's car and you had to pay for it. You know, I remember with your yeah. paper route and all that stuff. Yeah. Were you 12 or something. Yeah, I was probably 12. Shot yeah. it out with a BB gun or something. My brother's convinced me that I should do it. Yeah, well, see, It was their gun. That, I didn't own a BB gun. That's that's their But belt. I had to pay the whole $34 and whatever it was. <laughs> to replace the back window of that car. It was the windshield. Oh, the windshield. I thought it was the, well. It uh, whatever. Really Maybe it was the back. So, but there's an experience, there's an example of how you've probably felt guilty about that, but it didn't, you didn't feel shame, right? No, I, mean, I only felt shame when I had to tell him at the dinner table so bear in mind my mother was the oldest of 12 and we went to my grandparents house every sunday for dinner and various cousins were there so we're talking about a big farm table and i had to go to the head of the table to tell my grandfather that i'd shut out the window shot out the window and I think he had kind of a smirk on his face, yeah. but he was like, well, you'll have to pay for it, and I'll let you know how much it is. He and liked your mischievousness, I think. <laughs> I don't think he did that. <laughs> <laughs> well, but It was a car that wasn't being driven. It was an old car that someone had left there. As you, If you are a farm family, you know there's farm, there's cars and old things that quit running just sitting around and we thought it was fair game apparently so, so in, anyway. that, in that case though i mean to, to the point of 
guilt versus shame. I mean, you never really felt shame about that. I mean, in fact, there was it, it, at some level there may have been it may have been sort of a badge of honor for you with your brothers that you were actually willing to shoot out the window <laughs> and take the total and, blame for and it, take the hit for the team. But you know, it 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 does bring up a good point when it comes to guilt as opposed to shame, and that is that um, you you learn from guilt. I mean, yes. you actually, you actually, guilt can actually be a good thing. Yes. I mean, unless you sort of wallow in it, in which case it turns into shame. But, mm-hmm. but you, you. Um, yeah, guilt is definitely a good thing. Yeah. Because yeah. then it's right and wrong. That's mixed in there. It's, you know, that was wrong. It's conscientious. Yes. Yeah. Right. So it's. So in that case, you learned not to shoot out anybody's windshield with a <laughs> that BB was gun. the last time I did that. Was it really? Yes. Hmm. Yes. Fascinating. Okay, so I um, so when when we experience, you know, most of the time we talk to ourselves all the time, right? I mean, we, oh, yeah. we say we say I'm good or I'm bad or I'm fat or I'm too thin or I'm a loser or I'm a winner or whatever we say. So I mean, the mind is a really crazy, crazy kind of mechanism that 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 works with us and then if if we feel guilt about something i mean how does that work when when we are faced with really difficult decisions in life like whether to have an abortion or whether to marry an individual or not marry an individual how does that how do you think that works wow Mm -mm. Uh (laughs) uh-oh Um, I, I think, again, I think it's guilt plays into that. It's that we've done something wrong. I don't know that guilt is there before, like before the abortion. I don't think, I don't know that guilt was there. I know that I didn't want any other opinion. I didn't want anyone telling me that it was wrong because I'd already made up my mind. So definitely guilt was there and guilt that I wasn't strong enough to um, face the reality. You know how that kind of speaks to character, right? I couldn't face the reality of it and, um, and, and the whole you know the the disgrace of it is kind of the word that um comes up in my mind which i think is a it's a it's a terrible word but um for me it was it was the disgrace that led to the action that caused the guilt that then just put me to thinking, you know, to being shamed in my own mind for 30-some years. Did I answer your question? Um, not I'm not really. sure, but um, it, whatever you said was good, I, uh, as usual. I just wonder, you know, so if we learn from guilt, if there is um, a learning that we can achieve from guilt, some, some sort of knowledge, what does that how does that play into in your case you had you you had a child at 16 mm-hmm. and then and then we conceived uh 
couple of years or three or four years after that. Right. So um, how does how did guilt or shame play into that that mindset in the moment? In the moment of choosing yeah. to have an abortion? Yeah. yeah. Um I don't I don't know the answer to that. Um guilt well, guilt played into it because of my experience when I was sixteen. Guilt drove me to have an abortion. Mm-hmm. So it did play a big part in it. Yeah. Well, I, I think I think you used a, a word a little bit ago um, uh, that we talked about on the way up. It's a very powerful word, and it's, it's sometimes is viewed as rather um, uh, negative. But um, that shaming of your family, you know, that that. I, I, disgrace disgrace of your family and of yourself and all of that what yeah explore that a little bit yeah well um i do think and i and i just said this a minute ago i thought that you know disgrace is kind of it really is that's that's really an awful word i mm-hmm. mean if you think about the woman in the bible who was you know caught in adultery i mean that's Guilt, shame, disgrace. Wow, right there. Let's just bring her out in front of everybody and stone her to death. So you have that, you know, disgrace. You don't want to disgrace your family or your reputation or future relationships. Um, But there's a lot of disgrace there. It's a lot of probably what kind of rolls into shame, the guilt, um, it's almost like you take your chances with that. I'm going to roll the dice on how I'm going to feel the guilt, shame, and disgrace with this decision. Okay. So knowing that abortion was wrong, I made that choice. We made that choice. I made that choice. And I didn't really... I was trying to cover up the disgrace of what I would do to my family if I was pregnant. So I had to just, I just had to bite the bullet and do it. And that was going to be the best thing for everybody, for me, you, my family, your family. You know, that word is very powerful, disgrace, I feel. Yeah, it is. We're going to get into how you get out of that here in just a minute. Uh, you're listening to AM820, St. Gabriel Radio. This is Tim Welsh, along with my wife, Joe. I'm the uh, executive director of Bethesda Healing Ministry, a ministry that helps people work through the somewhat stormy waters of healing after an abortion experience. And this show is really about God's healing and mercy for those who have have an abortion experience in their past and are struggling through the stress and anxiety of that experience. And you know, we're just talking about um, guilt and shame, which again are sometimes used interchangeably, but I want to get into now, um, so we've sort of got some definitional stuff, we've built some context around that, and now I'd kind of like to get into, you know, how you get out of that. I mean, because it was... 
I mean, shame, shame involves a lot of self-talk, right? I mean, shame, yeah. shame, you know, you, you've said many times that, that uh, to me sort of privately and now I'm just, it's just between you and I. Um, <laughs> yes. There was that, um, that, you know, you thought all of your classmates must have thought less of you and all of, you know, the people, your friends would have thought less of you because of your pregnancy at 16 and then the subsequent abortion and all that kind of stuff. When in fact, that was probably self-talk. Oh yeah, that right? was definitely, it, it was the devil. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have, I mean, people probably didn't even know. I mean, really. right, right. I mean, why was I, why did I think I was that, like, people even paid attention? Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, we, we all think, golly, I, it's, it's like I, I, the last show we talked about, you know, walking around with your zipper down as a guy. I mean, you think, oh, my gosh, everybody's just, you know, seeing yeah, me with a zipper down. Nobody notices that stuff but you, you know, so... <laughs> It's or you know something in your teeth. I mean, it's just kind of you don't have anything in your teeth right okay. now. Dude. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, we're on radio. It doesn't matter. Uh, you know, I've got a good face for radio. That's true. Um. Anyway, so so how do you work your way out of that? I mean, that shame piece is is uh is just built. It just builds such a wall around around your psyche that you just. It seems to me it builds that wall rather quickly and what are those bricks that you have to kind of take down individually to kind of get out of that shame Mm -hmm. well um of course entering into a a healing program or you know contacting bethesda that that would be a, a good way to start but certainly looking at that how those are looking at how those two things are different how god God is in the guilt part because he wants you to be whole and he brings you back. The shame part is more the devil just bringing you down, 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 just into, just to, to that self-talk and, and feeling worthless. And so I guess just kind of looking at it that way, um, that's kind of my opinion of it. And, um, and really talking through it you know, saying it out loud, you know, and when we go to reconciliation, you know, that, that's so powerful because we have to say our sins out loud and not saying that, you know, Bethesda healing is saying, you know, just saying your sins out loud, but in part it is, it's working through every little detail um, that maybe you want to forget or have forgotten and and working through those and saying it out loud to other to to other men and women that kind of say yeah me too and then and then you you have a feeling of kind of normalcy oh wait i'm not the only one you know and and it opens you up it tears down those walls it opens your heart to um to start maybe having a relationship with god you know, because he really knows better. You know, we walk around in this shame bunker thinking we have all the answers. When in fact, you know, what makes us the authority? It should be God-centered. Um, so that's kind of, that's that's what I think about that. I, I think it's so powerful to be in a group of women and them talking and they're all like, Oh my gosh, yes, that's how I've felt. 
I've felt that way. You know, no one's shaming, no one shames, and, and it's just, it's an acceptance. And these are the facts. It's, that's done. That's over. God's forgiven me. I need to rebuild my life and be open to what gifts he's given me. Yeah, so, so that's a, it's a, that's a fascinating point to me. I, I guess I, um, I understand it, but I don't understand it. And I, I think it's really a. And, and you know, I've worked. I, I I've worked in this field for, twenty five years or something. And 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 I. I think it's purely. I don't think men respond nearly the same way that women do. I mean, I I just don't think. I think that shame. Um, to your point, I mean, the shame of of, uh, you know, the loss of reputation, the shame of. Of uh, just the self-talk that you know everybody's looking at me different now when really nobody is, right? Um, and all of that, I I just think that's a that's a purely the the woman has to have experienced that, not not the men. I mean, you know, I was obviously involved in the conception of our child. I was obviously there through your decision-making process. I you know cared very deeply about you then, as I do now. But at the same time, I didn't go through the physical aspects of the abortion that the woman did. Right. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have the smells or the sounds or the, or the touches or any of that stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, could it be going back to Eve, to Mary? I mean, we're supposed to be the ones. We're supposed to hold it. We're supposed to hold the candle. We're supposed to be the keepers of the key. Um, you know, in the the woman caught in adultery, the woman who was hemorrhaging for seven or twelve years, the woman at the well, these are all times when women are suffering. I know I don't want to say it's at the hands of men, but it it was such a patriarchal society then. But these things are brought out that we're um, that we're familiar with these stories, right? And we maybe relate to what we've done to that, but also think those stories are an example for somebody else. Those mm-hmm. aren't for me because. No one would understand what I did. Like my sin is greater. When in fact, it's that's not the way it is. Yeah. So it, it, this is a interesting. Um, interesting, you bring that. What do you think? Self. How do you think self esteem plays into all that? Because I, the reason I ask is because I've got you know pretty broad experience dealing with the abortion issue and how it affects women and all that kind of stuff. And I can tell you. Um, as when I was running PDHC, that I I don't know I don't know what the actual statistic is, but because we never really kept it, but I can tell you the vast majority of women seeking an abortion are doing so because of the man in their life, one way or the other. It yeah. could be their dad say, you know, you hear my dad's going to kill me, <laughs> right? You know, I don't want to I don't want to shame disgrace. My, don't want to disgrace my family. I don't want to disgrace you know. I, my boyfriend's going to leave me. 
Um, uh, worse yet, my boyfriend's going to get violent with me, um, mm-hmm. and I won't have a place to. So, so all of that to me speaks to self-esteem. That you know, there's not that sort of um, uh, confidence in the woman to to sort of make her own way and to say to uh, to your point to be the keeper of the key and to, to say you know I'm 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 worth it you know right right. Um, I think that's probably part two of our discussion. I don't think we have time to go quite into it there. That's but, my wife blowing me off. That was that one. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's quite a question. It's quite a long story and quite a long conversation. But I do, I do wonder about that. I mean, don't you sort of? Well, I don't know. You know, you. It's it's crazy. Um, you any woman you talk to has a story. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times it is at the hands of maybe a man in their life, a father, an uncle, a boyfriend, family friend. You know, a lot of women have stories and it affects, it affects our self-esteem and, you know, there's a lot... I'm not sure it's getting better, but there's a lot of pressure for women to be a certain way. And I'm not sure it's self-esteem. I guess I, I guess I I just don't know that it's self-esteem. It's mm. something. It's something women are very prone to. I'm not I'm guilty as anyone else, but it it's just very interesting me to me how many women I talk to that have a story, maybe it's not an abortion story, but it's a painful story that maybe has shaped their um, decisions. So this this, is, this is a deeper conversation. This is a great conversation though. Um, So um, we'll pick that up uh, some other show sometime, hopefully in the near future. You've been listening to triumph. This is a, show about God's healing and mercy for those mercy and those for, for those who have had an abortion experience in their past. And I, I need to say that not every woman uh, goes through the trauma or stress of post-abortion stress or post-abortion trauma, but, but there are enough of them that do that, that we would encourage you to give a, give a call to Bethesda Healing Ministry at 614-309-0157. That's 614 0157 and I'm Tim Walsh, Executive Director of Bethesda Healing Ministry. You've been listening to this on AM820. Thank you for listening to Triumph and we will be back with you soon. Who better?